Look to our precious Jesus today who saves, heals, delivers, and blesses. This is your day for a miracle. A very important program today on This Is Your Day with Pastor Chris Lindbergh, who will talk to us about what's happening to our youth in America. I'm ready to hear it. You know, today we're going to talk about a very hot topic. And in fact, it's a very serious topic. This is a topic that recently came to the headlines with a great pastor that's here in California. His name is Pastor Wilson. And it was recently that he committed suicide, left behind his wife, child, a grieving church. And then on top of that, when you, you deal with suicide, depression, mental health, anytime that there's a mass shooting that takes place in America, you'll always hear that phrase, there's, there was a mental health issue. And so what I determined to do here recently is I said, I needed to educate myself in some of these areas. And I, I want to say right off the bat that, that neither myself or, or Pastor Benny, we're, we're not experts. We're not doctors. Uh, we're not counselors. We're pastors. And as a pastor, I want to point you to Jesus Christ. And I believe that God wants to do a massive work in your life. In fact, the definition of depression is this. It's a mood disorder characterized by the loss of being able to feel any pleasure. Extreme sadness, poor concentration, sleep problems, loss of appetite, a feeling of guilt, helplessness, and hopelessness. And honestly, when I, when, I, when I think about that list, I think that we all show up on that list at some place and some time in our lives. In fact, I need you to know this today that right now in America, one out of every nine people in America right now are on some medication for depression. One out of every five have been on some form of medication for de uh, depression. Right now, it's, it's been skyrocketed by almost 300% the prescriptions that are that are being prescribed to different individuals. Mm. And I'm telling you that I believe that we are living in a generation that is of an, uh, it, there is an epidemic all around us. And what I'm, uh, what I'm discovering is this, that there actually is a stigma that is associated with depression. So for instance, if, if I were to tell you that uh, I broke my arm or uh, I'm not feeling good in my stomach, uh, nobody would think anything less of it. But if I were to say that I have a mental health problem, people freak out like, oh my goodness, what is wrong with you? Something's gotta be wrong with you. And I'm, I'm saying that that needs to stop today in Jesus' mighty name, because what happens is, is when people feel that, they begin to hide it, and it actually causes the problem to become even greater than it was before. Mm. And we need to bring it before Jesus. We need to see God do a work in people's life. And I believe that God wants to do a great work in your life today. If you're, if you're struggling with mental illness or depression or maybe even suicidal, I, I believe that God wants to move in your heart, even right now, wherever you're at, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is the God that does not change. In fact, I, I need you to understand today that there are some culprits, I believe, that are actually beginning to create this. In fact, uh, they're discovering, researchers are discovering that the way that we live our life right now is reshaping our brain. In fact, one of those I think is right now this inability to process pain. So we medicate our pain. And so we're medicating it with alcohol and drugs and uh, overeating and entertainment 
entertainment to the point that we are so medicated that we can't even feel pain anymore. Uh, another one is uh, our social media. In fact, what researchers are discovering is that social media is reshaping our brains. In fact, what they discovered is that children that are being raised on the iPad, it's actually stepping in there and it is reshaping, reforming how their brain functions. Goodness. So I remember when I was a kid, my mom and dad, they kicked me outside. And we, we played outside all day long. And at the end of the day, they, they brought us back in. And I would come in and, you know, we'd have some sunlight and some dirt underneath our fingernails and some scratches and some bruises. In fact, what researchers are discovering is that uh, cultures that get a lot of sunlight and dirt underneath their fingernails, they are less likely to have a mental illness. In fact, the, the creators of social media right now are actually almost in essence on an apology tour, just apologizing, saying that we didn't know that what we had created would so reshape people's brains. I think another thing that is causing some of this is uh, this narcissistic culture that we're living in today. In fact, the number one hashtag of all times is the hashtag selfie. We're, we're, we're consumed with ourselves. We're consumed with, with who we are and, and what we're doing. And I think that as we keep on following this pathway, it's causing so many problems. And unfortunately, there are those that actually take the ultimate decision and they choose to end their life. Josh McDowell said this about suicide. He said, suicide is making a permanent decision over a temporary storm. Mm. And all of us have emotions and our emotions will always crash in, but they will always recede. And there are folks that are experiencing such trauma in their life from the emotional side that they are making a permanent decision over a temporary storm. And I just, I wanna look into this camera today and I just want you to know that you don't have to end your life to end the pain. You can turn to the Lord and I believe that God wants to minister in your life. In fact, I just want to encourage you today, for those of you that are watching, if you're struggling with this right now, I would encourage you to call this 1-800 number, 1-800-273-8255. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And there are trained professionals that will be there to help talk you off of making a permanent decision over a temporary storm. See, I believe that God uses professionals, but also his word has a lot to say about this topic right here. In fact, I think it would shock you how much God's word talks about depression and mental disorders and suicide. In fact, we've got an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. It's a book all about depression. Uh, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. Uh, you'll find so many men and women of God that struggled in this area that I think it will absolutely blow you away. In fact, Paul the Apostle said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, man, I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. In other words, don't think that you're the only one that's going through problems right now. I don't want you uninformed about the troubles that we're experiencing in the province of Asia, for we were underneath great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Like they had so much that was coming at them. Mm. And then look what he said, we despaired life itself. Mm. Like he was at the place, he was saying, man, I don't even want to live anymore. And honestly, I am so glad that that's in the Bible. Yeah. 
that here's Paul, the great man of faith and power that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the, the great church planter extraordinaire, and yet he got so real and authentic with us. It, it just gives me hope that, my goodness, if the Apostle Paul could go through this, boy, I know that I can as well. And I just want you to know that we're, we're talking about this today because we believe that God wants to do a mighty, massive work Lord, in your Lord. life, that you're not alone. God sees exactly where you're at. And I want to take you to a story that's in your Old Testament. It's probably one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament that deal with this entire arena of suicide and depression. And it comes out of the life of Elijah. In fact, let me just give you the cliff notes of it. Uh, Elijah had gone into a, a, basically a battle of the gods to see it was the battle of the, the prophets of Baal and, and Elijah. And there was a face-off between the gods to see which god was truly God. Mm. And so the competition was this, that whichever god would send fire to consume the sacrifice, that god would have been truly God. And so Elijah said, you guys go first. And, and they did everything and nothing happened which Elijah stood up and said, now it's my turn. And before he even prayed, he grabbed buckets of water and doused the sacrifice to the point that no natural human fire could ever cause it to combust. And yet God showed up Amen. and consumed the sacrifice. And then I love it. Uh, Elijah, he pulled out a sword and he, he killed all 400 of the prophet of Baal. And I just think the Bible is such great drama. It is. It's incredible drama. It if you've not read your Bible recently, you need to read it. It's absolutely incredible. But after this experience comes chapter number 19 of 1 Kings. And what I've noticed is that oftentimes after your high highs you'll experience your low lows. I think it happens in all of our lives. And here's what the Bible says. It says, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all 400 of those prophets of Baal with the sword. And it goes on and it says this, so Je Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Like Jezebel was furious. She was, she, she was gonna find this prophet. She was gonna end his life. And the very next verse says this, that Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, which I believe that was a mistake. See, at this point, he didn't need to be alone. I think that he needed some people that were around him. And it says that he even went a day's journey into the wilderness. So he's like so far away from people right now. Mm -hmm. And he came and he sat underneath a broom bush, which was basically a shade tree. He sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. And I want you to see what he says next. He said, I've had enough, Lord. And there's some of you that are watching today that that's, that's been your verse. You've just prayed, God, I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of this situation. I've had enough of these problems. I've had enough of the, the pain. I've had enough of the, the trials. I've, I've had enough. And he said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And in that passage of scripture, we see four wrong things that Elijah did that I want to give to you. And the first one is the source of all uh, mental disorder, and that is bad thinking. So what happens is, is that we, we rehearse 
uh, we ruminate over these uh, the situations that we go through. In fact, it was this last year that I had a, uh, a situation in my life uh, and I, I spent, I don't know many, how many weeks just processing, ruminating over and over and it never happened. And come to find out, I, I gave up so much of my energy and my creativity and my, my just even space for God to do something in my heart because of these things that were going on. And it never even it's amazing, happened. It? Wow. And a cow is a ruminating animal. A cow, he takes, he takes grass, picks it up, chews on it for a while, he swallows it, spits it back up, chews on it for a while, swallows it, spits it back up. And the point is this, that it's oftentimes, in fact, always, it's a lot grosser after it comes up again. Yeah. And that's what a lot of our thinking is. That we've chewed on it and we've swallowed it and we've brought it back up. And that's why the Apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, if anything is praiseworthy, Think about these things, like ruminate, just rehearse those things. Let, let that environment just be occupying your heart and your Beautiful. mind. Wow. And he said, the byproduct of living a life like that is that the God of peace will be with you. And some of you, it's been so long since you've had peace. It's time that we start rehearsing God's promises mm. in our lives. Here's the second thing that, he, that I believe that Elijah made a mistake, and that's this. He, he went it alone. He, he went all by himself. And there's some of us that today that you are all alone with your own thoughts. You, all you're listening to is your own self thoughts. You have no outside uh, input from anybody else and you are lonely. And there's others of you that you're relationally, you're lonely. So you go to church and you sit in the, in the, in the seat there. You say, well, I'm seated next to somebody. But how many of you all know that you can be seated next to somebody and still be as lone, as lonely as you can possibly be? And what I've discovered is that when I am emotionally lonely, when I'm emotionally hurting, I'm not all that smart. I actually make really bad decisions mm. when I'm hurting on the inside. In fact, let me say it like this. The last person that we need to listen to when we're hurting is ourselves. Yep. That's why we've got to be surrounded with friends and people that believe in us. In fact, that's why I would encourage you. You need to make sure that you are connected in with your church. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. Be together with Amen. one accord. In fact, I would say it like this, that your small group is, is not a luxury. It is a necessity for your life. Because if you're the only person that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. Like you need to have some other people that know who the real you, who it is. In fact, that's why Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and they can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Amen. Here's the third thing that I think that he, he missed the mark on. And that is this, that he was led by how he was felt. And I'll tell you just once again that your emotions are like waves. They will always crash in, but they will always recede. And so that's why we can't make permanent decisions based on temporary storms. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 32, you will know the truth. Like we've got to get the Bible, the word of God in us. And if it's in us, then the truth will set you free. Which brings me to the last thing that he did, because he made the statement. He said, man, I am no better than my ancestors. And I, I wonder why we do that. 
we always have this, we fall into what, what I call the comparison trap. And I don't think that social media is helping us out at all. Because what social media does is, it, we actually are comparing our worst day with somebody else's highlight reel. And I just need you to be reminded today, in case you didn't know this, nobody's life is as good as they portray it on Instagram. How true. Nobody, not me, not Pastor Benny, nobody's life is as good as they portray it. See, the Bible says this in Galatians, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? I'm trying, am I trying to please people? If I were trying to still please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's right. And so there's Elijah, he's sitting underneath that broom bush and the story continues on. And it says this, then he laid down underneath the broom bush, the bush there, and he fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. And I'd like to add that I think there might have been some butter next to that right there. I think you're right. I th if you've ever had those uh, buttered cheese biscuits from uh, Red Lobster, I mean, the kind that melt your fingertips. I mean, I, I, I think they were right there. And it says this, that there was a jar of water. And so he ate, he drank, and you ready for this? He took another nap. Like for me, that is my theme verse for today. Like I absolutely love that. In fact, let me just say this. I think that there's some of us today that we've actually forgotten how to Sabbath. Because you've thought that to Sabbath means that I just give God an hour on a Sunday and go to church. And it's so much more than that. Like we give God our day. Like, like what would it be if you asked your, your spouse, hey, honey, let's go for a walk today. Like do this on your Sabbath. And, and after they pass out, you, you pick her up off the ground and, and you hold her hand and take her for a walk. Like on your Sabbath, just, just rest. Like sit outside and watch the clouds and listen to the, to the leaves. Eat, sleep, take a nap, take another nap, watch some football. Hey, everybody, I'm giving you permission to cease from the crazy busy life that we live. Oh, man. Like slow down, honor the Sabbath. And it goes on and it says this, that the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him, which I think is so interesting because sometimes God doesn't even speak to us until we've been rested up in our bodies, been refreshed. He said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, he ate and he drank and strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Something supernatural happened until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into the cave and he spent the night there. And it was there that, I'll just tell you the end of the story, that God showed up. He showed up in the form of an earthquake, a great wind, and a fire. But God wasn't in any of those. He was actually in a still, small voice. And it was there that he encountered God. In fact, God was telling Elijah that I'm not oftentimes in the bigness of things. I'm actually in the still, small things. And it was there that God gave him a new assignment to go anoint a new king and to go find his, his new protege, Elisha. God gave him some new marching orders. And in those verses, we see the remedy. We see the, the reality of how to step out of this pit of despair that we find ourselves in. And I just want to say this to the person that's watching today, that maybe, maybe you've had these thoughts that my life doesn't matter. 
that maybe my, my family would be better off without me. And I'm just going to let you know that that is a lie from the pit of hell. No, God's not called you to, to end it. He's called you to life and life more abundantly. And so the first thing that I would encourage you with that we see with Elijah, and that's this, like get healthy. Like, like get some sunlight, get some, get some dirt underneath your fingernails again. Like make a commitment to get your physical body healthy. Amen. Like get back in the gym, find somebody that would be a partner of yours to say, you know what, let's go do this together. Hey, everybody, stop eating fast food. Like, what would it be like if you actually sat down around the dinner table with your family for like an hour and a half, two hours, and just shared a meal together? Like, let laughter fill your home once again. Hey everyone, I, I give you permission to cease from the crazy busy life that we live. And let's get healthy. Wow. Let, let's commit to that. The Bible says in Psalms 127, verse 2, it says, In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. You say, but, but I, I need to so I, could, I can make some more money. And I would ask, but are you happy? Listen, it says that God grants sleep to those that he loves. Hey, everybody, come on, look in my eyes. Slow down. L learn the Sabbath. You're going to have to work not to work. Here's the second thing, and that's this. Get real with God. Because one of the things that you'll notice in the story with Elijah is that when he was there with God, he began to speak a number of things to the Lord that weren't even true. Like he was saying, I am the only one, O God. And yet come to find out there were 7,000 other people that had not bowed their knee to Baal. Which I just love that God did not reprimand him. He didn't like correct him. Because I just need you to know that God wants... He wants to hear your heart. Yep. Can I tell you something? God can handle your mess. Absolutely. He can handle the, your complaining. He can handle whatever it is that you're walking through today. He just wants to hear your heart. Like he genuinely longs to hear it. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'm going to give you what you so desperately desire. And that's rest. You're going to find rest for your souls. Here's the third thing. And that's that we need to experience the power and the presence and the might of the person of the Holy Spirit. Like we need to experience the presence of Jesus in our lives. Amen, Pastor Benny. Like we got to have that. Uh, you said last night, you said, to live one day without him is a, is a day wasted. Completely. For eternity. Yeah. See, the Bible says in Psalms, and I love this, Psalms 46.10, be still, comma, and know that I am God. It, it's almost as if to say, <clears throat> until you're still, you'll never know that he is God. See, one of the things that I've learned from Pastor Benny through these years is what it is to wait on God. See, one of the things that I do every morning when I get on up, I, I get up and I, I let our dogs out in the backyard to, to, uh, and I get some coffee cooking and, and I put some beautiful worship music on and I grab my Bible and I just, I just begin to read and let that worship begin to wash over me. Absolutely. And there comes a moment in that time with God that I just... I don't say anything, I just wait. You say, how long do you wait? Until he shows up. 
And there will come a moment that, my goodness, that when he shows up, my goodness, you're going to find such peace. The storms will be calmed. And it's what so many of you so desperately want. And I'm telling you, if you can just look into the eyes of Jesus. Amen, Lord. It'll change everything. Be still. Come on, just slow down and know that I am God. Here's the last thing that I give you today. And I think this is one of the most important things. Mm. And that is that God gave Elijah a new purpose. See, I think one of the things that we're missing right now in the body of Christ is purpose. In fact, it's said that 87% of those in the body of Christ do not know their purpose, nor are they functioning in it. And if, if your physical body, if 87% of it was not, uh, did not know its purpose and was not functioning in it, you won't even be alive. And I think there's a lot of us that our life has become go to work, pay the bills, go to sleep, go to work, pay the bills, go to sleep. You were made for so much more than that. In fact, one of the greatest ways that I've learned to pastor people is to give them a, a, a purpose that's bigger than whatever it is that you're going through in your life. So I close with this scripture here from, from Paul where he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. He said, therefore we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Amen. You say, what is he talking about there? Well, Paul is the man that, I mean, he was shipwrecked for a day and the night in the Mediterranean. He was, he was whipped. He was imprisoned. He was beat up. He was bitten by a snake. He was stoned, I believe, to death and was raised from the dead. And he goes on and he says this, for our light and momentary troubles. Like, I don't understand this guy. Like, here you are going through all of this. And he looks at it and says that this is nothing more than a light and momentary trouble well, how could you say that, Paul? Well, look at this. Here's why. He says, because they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Like he was seeing eternity. He had a purpose. And because there was purpose in his life, the problems and the issues and the difficulties that were all around him, he could look at him and say, man, those were light and momentary troubles. So he says, so we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but what is unseen. And hey, everybody, there's too many of us that we're seeing through these eyes right here. You're seeing your problems through these natural eyes and God wants you to begin to see through the eyes of your heart, Amen. to see things differently. Just, we've got to do that because what is, we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I just believe that right now that whatever you're walking through, no matter how deep that pit is, no matter what's been said, no matter what the situation looks like, I'm thankful that his love and his hand can still go deeper yet. And so Pastor Benny and I, we, we want to pray for you right now Please, that yes. the touch of God would be upon you. And so come on, right where you're at. For those of you that are struggling in this area, I just need you to know that you're not alone. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. And Lord, I just come against that depression, that suicide, that mental disorder, and I thank you, God, that you are greater. Those are powerful words, powerful names, depression, mental issues, and suicide, but your name is way more so powerful than all of that. And so I speak the name of Jesus, Jesus over you. And I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
quoted in Boom years ago, said, there is no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. No matter Amen. what pit you're in, the Lord is deeper than that. Give it to him today, will you? He'll set you free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. 